And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with us today is Dr. John Vance, and he is a board member here at Redeemer. Pastor Vance, it's an honor to have you on with us today. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm delighted to be be on once again and, and speak to the audience. You know, uh, Pastor Vance, as we're recording this, it's um, it's a Friday, and we're going to be airing it on Saturday. But uh, today is my dad's birthday, and uh, he would have been 90. And I miss him very much, even to this day. Uh, he passed into eternity a few years ago, and uh, he was a wonderful father. I remember texting my brother that it was his birthday, and he uh, he agreed he was a great dad. And my brother said, I wish I had learned more from him. <laughs> That's kind of a probably common emotion. When you have a good dad, you look back and you say, oh, I wish I had picked his brain on this, that, or the other thing. Now, um, Father's Day is coming up. Um, that's tomorrow, Sunday, the Lord's Day. And so it's a good time to talk just a little bit about fathers. I'm thankful that the Lord blessed me and my brother with a with a very good dad, and he was a Christian man. And uh, I realize not all families have that luxury. Um, what's been your experience, Pastor Vance? I had a, a wonderful uh, Christian father. Uh, probably, in, uh, I didn't know it at the time, but uh, his influence on me was paramount. Um, and only as I look back do I realize I'm, I'm no doubt uh, was impressed uh, by his Christian uh, testimony and walk with the Lord. Mm. Uh, I used to, as a kid, I wasn't a Christian growing up because he was converted a little later when we were older, but I used to try to listen to him when I was in high school to see if he'd ever cuss. I never heard my father cuss one time. <laughs> uh, he never really argued with my mother. I don't, they, they, he, he, he was deferential to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and we, they never really argued. Uh, uh, and, and my grandfather, uh, I, I lived with my grandfather for about three years. I oh. won't go into all the details, but three and a half years. And and uh, he died when I was twenty, mm. and I of all my memories of fatherhood, I would like to go back now and and uh, be my age, and speak with my grandfather and yes. uh, do what you just said, absorb some of the wisdom uh, and so forth that uh, he had. And as I look back, I think I yearn more to have an adult conversation with my grandfather. Right. Well, my father too, but he lived. My father lived to be almost a hundred. And um, so, so that 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 was those two men had great impact on me, tremendous impact. Yeah. Well, that's um, very encouraging. And seeing you're a board member here at Redeemer, I'm also glad that it looks like you've got some good genes on your side, and hopefully you'll be around a very long time here for the for the sake not only of the gospel and churches you preach in, but also for Redeemer, because we. We just love you and, and, and thank God that your influence is here in, in this broadcast ministry. Our fathers, um, Dad would um, take us to church. He would um, go to special meetings. Oftentimes, we would pick up somebody and bring with us. Uh, 
for many years, all that we had was a little VW bug, and so it was a tight fit if we picked somebody up. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so he was really keen on that. He was also keen on helping churches. He would... He was very handy. He could do electric and plumbing. He could replace pumps. Um, he was just quite brilliant, actually. As I look back at it now, you don't realize how much wisdom a parent has until they're gone. And then you get a little older and you reflect back on it and you say, wow, I never learned how to do plumbing and he knew how to do it all along. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just just amazing man. And and. His trade was that of a toolmaker, and I, I think it drove him up a wall at times because there's no such thing as a backspace key when you're making tools, and they're very, you know... Some, oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> you know, some of the dimensions are within a thousandth or even a ten-thousandth of an inch, and when you scrap it, it's it's gone. you got to start all over again on that particular that, that's part. That's right. Uh, uh, your, your father... Uh, and my father had similar backgrounds. Yeah. Uh, my father was a tool and die maker as well. Oh, and, neat. Uh, uh, that's right. What you say is, is very reminiscent of uh, what I remember about my father coming home from work and talking about some of the same things that you're talking about. He also could do any kind of handiwork. And um, uh, he also was very, very devout in going to church. Yeah. If the church was open, he was there. Yeah, it, it made no difference. On they had Saturday night rescue service where they would try. It was an inner city mission. They would try to reach people uh, on Saturday evenings and so forth. And he would he led that service. But but if the church was open, he was there. Yeah. Now was um, that's interesting. He led the service. My my dad also would lead the singing part of the service. And um, yeah, there's there's a lot of similarity. I didn't realize all that. But, um, yeah, tomorrow is uh, Father's Day. It's a good time to contemplate our dads and to, if they're still alive, um, use some wisdom from a couple of older guys here today <laughs> and, yes. and and talk with your dad and communicate your love for him and appreciation. And you may not agree 100% with everything your dad says or whatever, his emphasis, but if he's a Christian— you're going to agree with most of it, I think, because uh, the gospel binds us together and the Christian truth binds us together. So uh, honor honor your parents. That's a, absolutely a good point. Uh, it, it's the Christian faith that binds us together, and having a father that is a believer in Christ is, well, it, it makes all the difference in in uh, the world, you might say, and all, all the difference, uh, period. It's the yeah. most fundamental thing that we influence we have is uh, our fathers and mothers pointing us to Christ. Yeah, amen. Um, my dad would enjoy getting into various things. He he enjoyed ice fishing, took us with him on that. Uh, later on in life, he, he went offshore fishing alone. He had a secret spot he would visit uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the Rondout Reservoir, and he would catch very, very large uh, fish, trout, uh, he he would take the L wives and use that as bait, and he'd get there. I don't know three four o'clock in the morning, and it would be this time of year, you know, in in the May probably May time frame into June, 
And then it started to wrap up after that. But those were the best times. And he had a secret spot. It was it was very funny to see how he did things. And uh, did your... that, That's similar to, to guarding a secret recipe or something. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. And so, uh, dear friend, enjoy and enjoy your dad. If he's gone, you can still enjoy the memory of your dad and look back and say, is there any way that I can honor my dad by taking this particular step in my life at this point in time um well you know you know father's day had a has christian origins uh uh-huh it really has christian origins now we know mother's day uh does uh i'm quite familiar with mother's day uh since uh it was started here in west virginia actually it started right after the civil war town Mm. in west virginia got the confederate mother's and the Union mothers, we were a border state, yeah. and got them together, and they had uh, church services, and, and uh, once a year, and it was called, and they started calling it Mother's Day, mm-hmm. and it was informal. And later, her daughter, after the turn of the century, a uh, woman by the name of Jarvis started Mother's Day in Grafton, West Virginia. She was from Philadelphia then, and then it caught on in Philadelphia, and, and the rest is history. Yeah, but Father's Day is is similar. Uh, uh, there was it, it actually ironically started in West Virginia as well. There was a a mine disaster uh, uh, early in the century. It was before World War One, mm. and three hundred and seventy eighty uh, men were killed, and most of them were fathers. They were killed in a mine disaster, and uh, they had a Father's Day. Well, they didn't want to continue that. These men thought that it was to, to, to honor them too much was too feminizing, emasculating. They didn't want cards and yeah. so forth. But but it was picked up by uh, the next year by a uh, woman, a farm, uh, grew up on a farm. Uh, her mother died early, and her father raised six kids uh, and and farmed in Washington State, uh, in in uh, Eastern Washington. And that kind of started informally uh, Father's Day, and, and it was to honor her father in the church. And both of these days started in the church, by the way. That's neat. And, oh, yeah. and um, uh, it was not until about 1910 or so that people began to practice it, but it was not until under the Nixon administration that it was made officially, Father's Day was made officially a holiday. I didn't realize that either. Na- national holiday. Oh, my. Well, there you have it. <laughs> Father's Day. Praise God for our dads, especially if they're uh, Christian dads. It's a it's a wonderful legacy. Uh, your dad lived until a hundred, you say? Close to a hundred. Close to a hundred. Yeah, he did. He and he was. Uh, he didn't. He didn't quite make it. He really didn't want to. He says, "I've lived so long. I don't know anybody. And my, all my friends are dead." <laughs> he would ask me. He says, "Is it wrong for me to just say, Lord?" Take me, and I yes. would say, "Well, if you think you," he says, "I'm I'm I'm not really useful much anymore." He never lost his faculties at all. Wow, um, he had them right to the end, and he had his he kept his checkbook well into his nineties, uh, ninety six, ninety seven. He was keeping his checkbook, and wow. he physically could get around uh, up until about ninety eight, close to ninety seven, and uh, uh, but then after he. He uh, began to fade some, and uh, not mentally, but mm-hmm. physically, and 
and uh, he he felt useless. He, he couldn't sing in the choir. Uh, he sang in the choir all of his life, and uh, he led services he, in the Methodist Church, which I grew up in the Methodist Mission. Yeah, right. Uh, they had what they they had what they call a class leader, and he he was a class leader. He did most of the pastor work in the church. Well, wow. he would go visit six people, sick people, and everybody. He did more than the pastor did. Well, wow. you know that raises an interesting line of thinking for just a moment here, and that is um, visitation, pastoral visitation. Uh, People really appreciate that, and especially as they're in hospital or even on their deathbed. A visit from the pastor means an awful lot, doesn't it? It does. It means a lot. As a matter of fact, I I wrote an article some years ago, well, it was back in 1984, four or five. Mm. Uh, it was published in Presbyterian. That's a journal, a Presbyterian journal. And anyway, uh, it was on the cure of souls in the 1990s. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, and and um, one of the things I discussed there is that a preacher can't really preach good sermons without pastoral relations with the people and pastoral visitation. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you're, you're preaching out of your own head and heart. Uh, and not seeing the needs of the people like you should. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think the Holy Spirit uh, means for us uh, to 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 uh, visit people and to interact with people. The idea of these big churches where you have a preaching pastor or a senior pastor who only does some administration and preaching is not a good idea. No. No, that's, that's a great point. And um, today we're talking with Pastor John Vance, and uh, he is the former pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern, New York, now living in West Virginia. And what are the people like, as you compa- I could get in trouble doing this, Pastor Vance, but, you know, as, as you, just the feel, the feel on the ground. You've lived in New York, uh, not in New York City. You, you've traveled there, certainly, but, you know, outside of New York City in the Hudson Valley, and now you're living in West Virginia. Do you see any differences at all or sense any differences in the people? Well, I've lived in St. Louis. Uh, I lived in South Carolina, went to college in South Carolina, lived Mm. in St. Louis for five or six years, and, of course, lived in New York for 40, and uh, and the rest of it in West Virginia. I I retired in uh, in, uh, 2000. And thirteen from the church. Um, that's a good, a, a good and curious question. My, my wife could answer that better than I right. can. But let let me just answer from my perspective. Um, I, I don't really see any basic difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, now there are some window dressing differences, and I'm in a kind of a rural area. Uh, I'm on a mountain. Uh, it, but I grew up in Charleston. I don't see any difference. Uh, my my uh, wife thinks that people in West Virginia are a little colder uh, than New Yorkers. We found very, New Yorkers to be very warm people. Very, very interesting. Warm. But she finds that uh, West Virginia people don't open up as much. And it may be due that the, the, if there is one difference, it is this. West Virginia is a small state, and, and uh, it grew out of uh, clans to some extent. Big families. I have a big family, Gwen family, on my mother's side, and there is a bit of clannishness. 
And, and outside of that, I don't see any difference uh, at all. Um, I found, even New York City, I used to go to the opera a lot and, and, the, uh, and the Philharmonic and things like that because we had a friend who played in the Philharmonic, and we got free tickets. <laughs> we used to go. I don't see any difference between those who are kind of highbrow and those who are middlebrow and those who are lowbrow. I see people as people, and I find that as a pastor, when I got to know them, everyone was worth knowing. Amen. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing Amen. how 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 much you can learn from people if you don't try to categorize everybody in a certain <laughs> way. Well, I like that. That's very, very helpful. We're talking today about fathers and Father's Day. We've delved into uh, life in West Virginia very quickly. Um, Pastor Vance, you're a board member here at Redeemer Broadcasting and we value your insight. Sometimes a question comes up on, on you know, what, what step we should take next or, you know, an investment of uh, acquiring a signal or whatever, and we always seek your advice and uh, appreciate it very much. So um, we have maybe six minutes left or so, seven minutes. Um could we talk about culture just a little bit? Seems like we always get around to that. Um, I feel that um, we're either going through judgment of God or about to go through the judgment of God, but there's certainly some awful sinfulness going on. You know that it's like the the sin of pride is a big one, and then taking pride in your sin is sin on top of sin. And we're going through some of that right now, um, this month of June. And so, um, not that I want to get into all that too much, but w- Pastor Vance, we're we're in desperate need right now. Uh, yeah, you provoke a lot of thoughts. Uh, one of the reasons, and I'll, I'll get to the main question here. One of the main reasons we're in the trouble we are is the absence of fathers in the home hmm. and fathers not taking care of their offspring. We know that when fathers are in the home, a family's much more functional if, if the father is functional, of course. And, and uh, we know that uh, they're less likely to be in poverty and so forth. Yeah. Um, and this, of course, uh, fatherhood is rooted deeply in the Bible. We have a heavenly father that we can go to and the model of fatherhood is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven. And when you keep that in mind, fatherhood uh, really has its archetype uh, in heaven, our Heavenly Father. And look how generous He is toward us and loving, but also He disciplines us. So, So that is an important matter. Now, culture, you mentioned culture. Culture is an interesting thing. What is culture? Well, it's it's that secondary environment. I don't want to get too technical here, but I think I can reduce it to a sim- simple concept. Uh, culture is that secondary environment that we lay on top of nature. It's the way we build. And right now we're building a crooked building yes. in this country, culturally. We, are a, we, we in some ways are a mess. <laughs> uh, the building is, uh, the foundations have been removed in a real sense. Um, our foundation for uh, generation after generation that made us uh, grow into the greatest country ever in the history of the world. It's true. There's no doubt about that. I lived 
through the 50s, 60s, you know, as clearly as uh, reflecting on these things, 70s all the way up. So the advantage of being older is that you begin to see over a long period of time how things have drifted. Yeah. Well, um, culturally, uh, we we have our our uh, have no foundation. We're just way, uh, flailing in the in the air, and uh, we have no political philosophy that's rooted in the transcendent, and therefore we are in deep trouble. Uh, any society that is not rooted finally in the transcendent, and I mean God, not transcendent, uh, eventually uh, comes to naught. That's why, why the Soviet Union uh, uh, failed uh, in part because it was uh, essentially godless, yes. atheistic, and it had no transcendent, and it was hard to establish values. Well, today, we, we, there are no common values uh, based on truth. As a matter of fact, uh, we are in a, a, demonstrably, we are in a delusional age. Yeah. When you can talk about uh, that the, the male and female genitor fluidity, which is a total falsehood. Amen. Um, it's, it's also true that many of the so-called science things that are supported. We discovered to follow the science uh, during uh, COVID in its early stages <laughs> uh, led to more problems than ever. And, of course, they weren't following the science. They were right. following political science. And and the same thing with respect to – we're looking back, by the way, on the science now and realizing how many mistakes we made. Oh, yeah. And it actually originated from a laboratory in Wuhan, which everyone knew if you thought, gave it a second thought. Yes, uh, the other, the other thing is, uh, of course, is the problem um, uh, of values in general. We live uh, 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 by laws, but by laws that are unequally enforced. Uh, even our laws have been politicized. We're in a, a peck of trouble, so to speak. We really are. Yeah. Now, um, this comes down to the very individual level as well where um, not just are we hurting and limping and about to die <laughs> culturally, um, but the person is really um, where you, dear listener, are at today. And um, there, is a, there is a triune God who has expressed himself in the scriptures of the Old and New Testament, and also his handiwork is written all over creation, Pastor Vance, in the last couple minutes remaining, maybe you can talk about um, coming to Christ and, and realizing our need of, of Him, something along that line. Well, of course, uh, the greatest truth uh, is a revealed truth. We learn uh, truth in science through the scientific method and other things. We learn truth in art in many areas. But the greatest truth and the most meaningful truth and the truth that one uh, is called as being in the image of God is to base your life upon the revelation of God in Jesus Christ. And the scriptures clear, uh, says that he came into the world to seek and to save the lost. Uh, he came into the world not to condemn the world, says the scripture, but that the world through him might be saved. Amen. And, uh, everyone hearing, uh, this, uh, program today, uh, you can be sure that you and I would point them to Jesus Christ because this whole ministry is based on that revelation. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I think the meaning and worth of your life is based on that revelation. And Jesus said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, 
and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. And he says, cast your care upon me, for I care for you. And, and that's the fatherly love of God to send his son, Jesus Christ. And uh, we point you to him. He is the true foundation uh, for your life. And he can be your foundation, even in the midst of the chaos and uh, the crumbling uh, uh, morality and foundations that you see around us. Uh, a, a call to uh, Christian fatherhood and the Christian families and pointing our generation, the next generation, the following generation of Christ is really the only hope for us. Well put. I can't summarize any better than that. Uh, talking today with Pastor John Vance, our dear brother, board member, former pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church, now in West Virginia. Pastor Vance, thank you very much, and I wish you a blessed Father's Day. Thank you, and the same. And dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer. <laughs> 